a better Nigeria? Is it a myth or do we keep hoping? Nigeria is a highly religious country. How come corruption thrives? Why is adoption not encouraged in Nigeria? Is there a future for the Nigerian youth? Being rich and famous, is that the only drive to be an artist? What makes a great nation? Is it the leaders? What about the people? What about the people? This is Answers with Dr. Redger. With Dr. Redger. With Dr. Hi, my name is Onari, and this is Answers with Dr. Redru, where critical life issues are clarified. We'd like to start up today's episode by acknowledging um, a mail we got. Adams, we got a mail from Hello. Moses. Yes, Moses. Hello, listeners. So we got a mail from Moses, and he was asking if he can, you know, be a part of any program that Dr. Reju is undertaking, a mentoring program that is for active youths, for active youths that in that politics. Is, yeah. And he was also suggesting that if there is no program like, like that, you know, that such things can be started. Hmm. So we really want to appreciate Moses. We appreciate Moses and we'll get back to Moses on that. You left your email address and we'll reply to you. Obi, give it a go. What? Yeah, thanks Mo. Thanks Mo a lot for that mail. More, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, but this really raised a critical issue, and we yeah. we talked about it a little last week. Mm. But you know, I need to ask, okay, how critical is mentoring? I mean, one-on-one mentoring. Now he actually talked about uh, a training uh, program. Training, yep, yep. I want to believe that they're different, but yeah. maybe Dr. Reggie will sort of clarify the place that mentoring one-on-one has in developing leaders, developing active citizens all right and training program because i must say there's been almost nobody who has been consequential in nigeria that cannot point to who trained him mm. i mean the big news one of the big news was that obasanjo actually told us whose brand of politics he took after mm. yeah so i mean maybe you should just really delve into that a little bit more yeah thank you very much moses again we really appreciate your making our time to contact us and Maybe I'll say up front that, well, this is something we also have in mind, you know, to sort of help, you know, like he put it, active youths who really want to go the way of governance, the way of leadership in governance. Even in business, mm. there is no aspect of life. If you are going to really make a mark, if you are going to live a life that will benefit society, if you are going to live a life that will, you know, sort of improve quality of life be a value added to others it doesn't just happen you see leaders are not born maybe we've had that many times leaders are made it doesn't come by birth they are made and in that making process you need to be able to follow the path that some other people have actually trodden you know you need to come under let somebody who had gone ahead take you under his wings because one thing that separates just normal leaders from highly impactful leaders is the place of ideology. Mm-hmm. You know, something that you stand for. Something that serves as a source of inspiration. Something that helps you to measure whether you are succeeding or not. You know, and ideologies are formed in that place of mental protegee relationship. Ideologies are something that Maybe some sort of, you know, a burst of inspiration that comes to a particular person. We can look at Awoism. We can look at, you know, let's take it even on broad level, liberal kind of ideology, conservative kind of ideology. You know, those kind of things are, they are not necessarily written in one book somewhere. 
you know and we have to you know be able to bring mentoring into that critical position where we should put it because young people today don't understand that everybody is just going for number one mm -hmm. Every, you know i made mention of something last week that we've lost a lot of you know promising public servants mm -hmm. because what we believe is that you want to make a difference in nigeria be a president you know, those are microwave leaders. They've not been able to sit under someone who has seen it all, or maybe seen it all, who can actually pour, so to say, pour some ideas, pour some experience into you. He will teach you what success is, what failure is. I teach those who have had the opportunity of mentoring that failure is part of life. So if you understand that, there was a movie I was watching there, and somebody asked another lady who was going to politics, say, what will happen if you don't win this election? He said, well, the country can go to hell and I'll go home. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> you know, the point is this. I don't have to win. Yeah. That's the point. He wasn't saying that the country can go to hell. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, but that I don't have to win. He, he, she understands the place of failure. That only comes by somebody preparing you for that. It's really critical. And mentoring is about relationship. Being able to have access to the life, to the experience, to the pains, to the pleasures, to the setbacks, to the upsets, to the triumph, the trials of someone. And when you bring all that together, what it took the previous guy 10 years, you can get it in two or three. Mm -hmm. Because they say in leadership circles that if you stand on the shoulder of a tall man, you see further than him. What we've had in Nigeria especially is that the people that we read about in our history, they are still around. Hmm. True. In the 60s, in the 70s, they are still around, jostling for position. So we are like a nation that we are daily committing economic abortion, political abortion, social abortion. There is no atmosphere for fresh, new brains and ideas to find expression. Because those who are supposed to mentor are not willing. And then those who are supposed to be mentored don't see the value. So it's a two-way thing. The young ones must begin to appreciate the place of being groomed, being mentored, learning to serve by serving someone. You can't serve society if you have not honed your skill in serving someone. You know, Moses has really raised a very critical issue here about mentoring. And let me also say straight away that mentoring is not about attending a program. Mm -hmm. It's not about listening to a seminar. Mentoring is relationship. For those who really understand this in those days, maybe you want to learn tailoring, you will have to go and live with the person. Yeah. Mm. Proximity. Proximity, proximity is great. You can't have impact, you know, without proximity. Mm. You must be able to see the life of this person. And the mentor too must be able to open his life or her life as a book you know, meant to be read. So those youths out there who are desirous of going into public service, look for someone who can mentor you. Look for someone you've identified something that you appreciate about that person. That's where ideologies are built. And for us in this country, you want to be careful that your ideologies are not nailed down to religion. They are not nailed down to any kind of ethnic consideration. Mm. They are not nailed down to some selfish pursuits. Mm. It has to be well-crafted. Ideologies are sound as they are selfless. Mm. If it's not anchored on the benefit of the generality, it's just somebody having an idea. Mm. It's just somebody having an idea. So you have to check. What is this person standing for? Mm. 
it even goes into because we're talking about citizenship even when you want to vote someone into what is this person actually saying but our politicians over the years they'll play the ethnic card mm -hmm. They will mm -hmm. play the, you know, the religious the religious card. Mm -hmm. It just give them soft landings. Mm -hmm. There's really nothing they have in store. Okay. Did I say anything? Did <laughs> I? Am I am I helping you guys here? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. But you know, there's also this rhetoric of not wanting to be used by someone, which is, which is a valid um, argument, you may say. And some people have had bad experiences of being used and dumped. Mm. You know, or particularly even some of the politicians were talking about. Or some of those who have gone ahead who want to they're more interested in preserving a family heritage <laughs> more or less mm -hmm. and they're not even really interested in training others yeah so you know if you are used and dumped you've gained a valuable experience you've gained a valuable experience when you are used and dumped the pain you feel if you really have a heart of service You've really earned your stripes. That's like ranking. <laughs> because you don't want anybody. You will not you might use people and dump them if you have never been used and dumped and feel the pain. Because if you are trying to avoid being used and dumped, you will never get opportunities. Okay. You will never get it. You know, because some people use people and dump people not because they want to. You know. I'm not saying that it's good. I'm not saying that people don't. But you see, if you are pursuing a vision, failure, setback, disappointment is part of it. Okay. Right? Mm. If they use you and dump you and you know where you are going, you just earn stripes. Mm. You have just been elevated in terms of strength, yeah. in terms of wisdom. Mm. If you don't know pain, how can you help someone who has been pained? You know, uh, I actually agree with you because as you were talking, I remembered the story of Mary Kay, mm -hmm. who was... A sales representative, or you know, she worked in another company, another cosmetic company, I think. Okay, the lady who yeah, the lady has that beauty and, profile. Okay, and honestly, she was used and dumped. That's <laughs> it. And she said, "No, that's not how to do business." Yeah, mm. and that inspired her, right, to start off her own brand, and you know, run it in the way she felt was right. You know, mm. and I mean, we all know what it is today. Yeah, so, yeah, I know that. That also will lead me to make this point here. When you are in that school, so to say, when you are in that mentoring process, you also want to begin to sell what you are getting. You also want to begin to look for like minds like you to come and partake, so to say, of what you are feeding on. You know, if you walk alone, you can't make any impact. There's a whole you know, mantra out there, which I believe is a myth. It doesn't exist. That one man can make a difference. It's not true. If you see a man, a single man making a difference, he's representing a whole lot. He has a backing. One man can make a noise, but he can't make a difference. When the, when the real community comes against that man, they will remove him without any effort. Mm -hmm. But the point is, there's a way you can position yourself so that everywhere you are being attacked or you are being you know, confronted, or, there are people like you you see, what our politicians have done over the years is this. They've been able to reproduce themselves. That's why we say this kind of ethnic, self-interest-based kind of politics has really pervaded the society. That's the mentality of everybody. Because that's the narrative. That's what everybody believes politics to be. Because they have been able to proliferate that idea. 
in the same way there must be a generation also that can also spread this good virus of citizen people society oriented kind of public service so don't work alone ideologies don't work it's never effective through one person mm. but you know that that's a big challenge for nigeria we always want to be number one we always want to be number one you see somebody you see his business card you know chairman chief executive chief of officer <laughs> and financial director you know and that kind of a thing we we don't like working in community you know young people who find themselves in politics as you are being mentored you are also looking over your shoulders who might be watching you can you spot potential in a maybe in a secondary school guy who is a senior prefect in the school mm. i always tell the story of my friend he's late now because we went to the same school all our life mm. he was senior prefect in secondary school he was welfare secretary in our a levels he was secretary general in our university he eventually became the majority leader in ondo state house of assembly mm -hmm. He, you know, he passed on not, not too long, maybe about two years ago. So, you know, that's somebody that somebody spotted that there's something in this guy. He wants to serve. He has leadership potential. And he didn't get there just because of brute force or whatever. He was mentored. He belonged to the right circle, you know. So we have to understand how to identify a good mentor. For mentors, you need to be able to identify the potential in a budding leader. That's what it takes. You know, so it's something that we need to open that page. Because what we have, this status quo, everybody knows. Even those who are there know that there's something wrong. Mm. They know that there's something wrong. And when we get to that point, we know that a new page needs to be opened. Mentoring is critical. Mm. Okay. When people hear leadership, they always go to the top. Mm. You know seminars that they will have around would groom them how to be leaders probably aim mm -hmm. for the presidency probably mm -hmm. aim for something high mm. you know but like you're saying now leadership it's a service thing yeah how do you remove people's mind from where it is now to make them have a mind to serve and serve for long is it possible yeah you know you know leaders lead the way they lead because of the way they are taught right and that's to bring back to this issue of mentoring. Because mentoring is nothing formal. They asked somebody, you know, he spoke about his mentor. He said, what did you do together? He said, we played tennis. Yeah. <laughs> we played tennis. We just talk while playing tennis. It's always very, very informal. And when that person is put on the stage to perform, so to say, what the person has seen, what the person has heard, is what you begin to see play out. So when you see Nigerians, because even from, you know, we have a school that we run. And I always tell the principal, the senior prefect here is the one who arranged the chairs in the class. Hmm. But what we have is senior prefect is a boss in most schools. Hmm. But we turn that on his head. This is a chief servant. Now, when he's arranging the chairs in the class, he calls others to come and help him. It's his responsibility. Mm -hmm to arrange the chairs in the class. That's the work of the senior prefect, to make sure the class is arranged in such a way that is conducive for learning. So why doing that, he calls others to come and help him do that. Okay. Right. Because sometimes you have to start from that kind of level. But when the senior prefect sees himself or herself as a senior girl or senior prefect in the school, and he sees himself or herself as the next in line to the, to the principal, 
calls the shots. He, he sends people on an errand. That's where we build that kind of mentality that leaders are meant to be served. Leaders are meant to serve. Mm. And it has to be consciously passed, you know, passed across, mm. you know. And we need to let people see the dignity in service. But you see, you can't tell people they have to see it. You see, I have to consciously, you know, tell myself, have a servant heart. I remember there was a time we were trying to pack, you know, some things there to the car. And I picked some. And Adams ran to me, ah, leave it, leave it. I am coming to the car, right? I can't come empty-handed when there are still stuff here, right? It's, it's just like that. Because society has not taught us to see dignity in service. Service today is that the one who is under, right? But the servant is still the greatest. The servant has the most power. The servant determines what happens. You know, so it's something that has to be not just taught verbally, but also modeled. Mm. Also modeled. That's where mentoring comes in. You know, you need to see people do it. Right? I remember when, when Jerry Rollins came in Ghana, you know, the first video clip I saw of him, he was walking on the real line. You know, using hammer to fix some repairs as president. Now that's uncommon. That's uncommon. When I see visited the place in you know maybe year two thousand and five, there was a taxi that dropped that was dropping people off right in front of his house. <laughs> his house is just by the road. You know, he doesn't remove anything. That is, this is a former president. He was just a normal guy. But you see, especially in Nigeria. Normal is wrong. <laughs> Simple is wrong. You know, we must have heirs. From church to mosque to bank to everywhere. We must have heirs. We need to have people around. We need to have paraphernalia of office. And you see, we can mentor that way. Such things create a gulf between mentors and protégés. Yeah. A protégé must be able to access the life <laughs> of the one mentoring him or her. Okay. All right. Um, I like that you mentioned, um, you know, a protege being able to choose a mentor. Okay. But, you know, Nigeria, we have a situation where this godfatherism mm. has bedeviled us, where, you know, you, you, you may choose a mentor and then the mentor may have an ulterior motive that is really, really not where you want to go to. Yeah. Especially in politics, mm-hmm. I mean, you know. So, um, how do we solve or how do we begin to tackle such challenges of godfatherism that you're able to serve someone and then, you know, you're able to think also, you know, independently, not really, really to end up serving him even if you there, get the opportunity. You know, Adam, thank you for the question. You know, there, there are some things that can really be said on air, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, uh, there's a saying that, if you if you have a long spoon you can eat with the devil <laughs> you know if you know what you you know if you know what you want right mm-hmm. and you know where it is right you get it and this is to tell you something this is a principle of life those who love to manipulate those who love to use people they are the easiest to manipulate and use Right? Mm. Now that's that's for that's for a little room. <laughs> the details of that will come in a little room. 
you know so it, it's if i am if my mind is to serve selflessly i can only produce people who will also serve selflessly mm. if i if i'm selfish in my leadership in the way if i just want people around me for me to use them to achieve my own dreams i open myself up also to actually achieve a dream that i never planned to mm. somebody can easily use me what the young ones of today need to understand is that the people there right now it doesn't matter how bad they are they are the ones that are in front we mm. will have to interact with them mm. we will have to engage them we will have to learn from them even if it means learning the wrong way from them wow like he just gave the example of Mary Kay right mm -hmm. he learned how not to do it no. by working with people who are doing it wrong there is no way we can set a different standard now we will have to start from where we are the politicians that we don't like today they are the ones that are going to teach us because of some some of them find themselves doing some things you know because of the prevailing circumstances that they find themselves mm. the political class in nigeria is a mixed grill right you have very good guys there you have the very bad you have the one that are just there just picking the crumbs right but it's a mixed grill what we need to do is for the good ones among them who mean well to now begin to raise people of their like let's populate the good mm. right mm -hmm. we have said it over and over in this one politics is dirty because dirty people do it but when clean people get there begin to populate the community of the clean mm -hmm. raise people such as you you see i said something last week older politicians in nigeria go as far as universities to go and raise disciples so to say yeah. today's politicians are not like that right but we need to let them know hey there's a whole field here right we're interested because when i was in the university even campus politics was eroded on the back of ideology you have to be able to articulate what exactly you want to do not the campaigns we have today is just a carnival it's just a people just dance and dance and dance abuse the other party <laughs> abuses and you know is today is election day and everybody goes there it's so predictive that has to change because i said something also in building their ideology is not it he doesn't just come by reading book reading books is okay but you need to be able to read humans and we must know going forward the new breed we, it must not be anchored on religion it must not be anchored on ethnic considerations because if we continue that way right this nation doesn't have hope right this nation doesn't have hope we will fragment a million ways and who suffers the guys who've milked this country they will just take the next flight and go it is you the ordinary citizen there because you suffer the most because you didn't do what you were supposed to do so it is time for citizens to pick on responsibility right our ethnic differences religious differences can be harnessed to be strength right but honestly like i said you know earlier on this program this is your faith it's personal don't bring it to public square for god's sake pray in your home you know be your yoruba somewhere once you come into public square but you see that's difficult but it's not impossible mm, yeah. there must be a new set of people i mean look at us in this room this is onari onari is 
from way somewhere there, <laughs> south, south. This is Obi Brown by the name Obi. You know where he comes yeah. from. I'm trying to figure out where I come from. <laughs> you know, Adams is just. You know, this is this is the way we are. Mm. But we can talk together like this. Mm. Why can't that happen on a bigger scale? Yeah. Because we don't harness little little kind of. I mean, look at National Youth Service Corps. What a brilliant idea! But where it is today? Where where, where are those things today? It's just it's just a name. Mm. People serve where they want to serve. Yeah. You know, people choose unity schools that is that is closer to their house. It's not, it's not uniting anything. But citizens today, those who want this nation together, those who are willing to put religious, ethnic considerations in the background, are more. Mm-hmm. Are more. Majority of those who play the religious card, they don't practice the religion the way it ought to be practiced. Yeah. They just use it for, to, 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 to actually meet their political ends. They don't really love their ethnic group that much. Mm. That's it. We know that. But those who really mean well, why don't we begin to raise our voices? The missing piece in Nigeria is the citizens as the silence of the citizens is deafening. This is Answers with Dr. Reju. And we're going to continue on our discussion. Obi, please take it from here. Yeah, I mean, there was an experience I had. I went on Facebook and a friend of mine um, made a post. What he did was that he did a screen capture of another friend of his that was making a political statement and insulted a certain ethnic group in Nigeria. Mm. So he took the screen capture of that insult, brought it to Facebook, and then now lambasted him for doing that. Mm-hmm. All right? There were about 23 to 30 comments, comments. lambasting this guy. Mm. And then by today, the guy made an apology. That's right. <laughs> That's he made right. an apology. Yeah. And I, I felt it was very, you know, a heartfelt apology because he said, oh, he had good friends from this ethnic group and that and that maybe he was just taken over by you know the emotion at that time yeah mm. and i felt that that was right you know that in our own small way when you hear somebody you know close to you make some ethnic remarks you know kill it there kill it right there kill it there kill it right there that's it yeah because you see we basically echo what these guys have actually planted in the atmosphere over the years mm. you know we grew up with it mm-hmm. But we need to look around. Look around ourselves. Where where has this taken us? Absolutely. Mm. You know, those who teach me to you know to hold fast to my ethnic kind of sentiments, mm. it hasn't benefited me. Right? If if the Igbos shut down their shops in Jaws, <laughs> you know, you know, you know where we'll be. If the houses decide today that they won't come out tomorrow, we'll know where we'll be. If, so it's like we these things are there, they are reality, but if you just use it, and no. that's it, because the more who believe this thing, they are tools. We are laid back. We are laid back. My best friend in the media is a guy called Sulaya Lede, Sulaiman Alede that works with channels. Mm. He's a Muslim. We talk, we chat, we agree on almost everything mm-hmm. about life. We agree on almost everything. But we have different faith. You know, I respect his space. I've told him that anytime you celebrate, I'll please send my meat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so it, these things are, it's just, um, we just need to speak up. Mm-hmm. You know, those of us who really live together, believe in all this, and then those who are really up there, they, ne- they need to begin now to, you know, to pass this down. 
pass this down. If anybody really loves this country today, you should be looking at 30 years down the line. Thank you for another thought-provoking episode of Answers with Dr. Reju. Thank you, Dr. Reju. Thank you so much. Thank you, Adams. Thank you, Obi. And to the listeners, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Join us again on Answers with Dr. Reju, where critical life issues are clarified. 